You're listening to a podcast of spurious morality. And welcome to a podcast of Spurious Morality. Um, this week, I'm your host, Connor, and I'm joined by Mansour. Hello. And uh, by Jimmy. Hi. And this week, we're talking about all things redacted. It's hard to believe that we're 10 weeks on now from it started. It feels like no time at all. Um, it's been quite a ride. Um, but we're really looking forward to talk, talking about it. I think it's. I think we've all in, enjoyed it, and we're all really looking forward to talking about it. Um, so we'll throw out just before we start uh, a spoiler warning. We're going to be talking about Redacted, and I think we might talk a little bit about just some of the other BBC Doctor Who radio productions that have come before. Um, so that could potentially go into the likes of the John Pertwee serials from the 90s, uh, the 8th Doctor and Lucy Miller stuff. Um, so just, you have been warned, spoilers are here. So um, we'll just jump straight in and, and start talking about it. Um, Mansur, do you want to go first and tell us what you thought about Redacted? Uh, yeah, I really liked it. Uh, like from the start, uh, the first episode, it just, I think we've said on previous episodes, it felt very fresh, very different, um, and yeah, I thought the end was really strong, because when, when it got to around episode eight or nine, I was kind of wondering, okay, where is this going to go, but um, yeah, I thought really strong ending, like, I, yeah, we can get more into into the detail when we talk about the ending maybe, but it, it felt like it really balanced the personal with revealing the whole mystery uh, that had been going on throughout the whole series. So, yeah, great success, hoping for more. That's great. And and what did you think, Jimmy? I thought it was such a brilliant series. I When it was first announced, I thought, you know, would it work or would how different it might be to Big Finish's own work? But, um, yeah, once it, I got listening to it, I loved it from pretty much the start and it was yeah very few problems like i'd definitely give it a nine out of ten overall and it's only a couple of little quibbles that stop it from being full ten so it's definitely a great start to um hopefully a continuing series but even if it does end up being just this one series it's been a brilliant one yeah, I, I, I definitely want them to come back to do more. It has been so strong. I have loved um, 
the whole series really has been such a high standard and uh, as I'm sure our listeners know we listen we all listen to an awful lot of big finish and I think in many ways this has been a nice change of pace um over the last wee while um and I've loved that weekly release format as well that it has been a serial done over the course of 10 weeks um, quite often when you're listening to a download or a CD, it's very easy to binge. But it's been nice to have this spaced out and and listen, you know, as a community to have uh, a mystery like this unfold over the course of, you know, two and a bit months. Um, so if we jump maybe back to the start and we can maybe look through it um, a little bit, you know, um, the series starts off with um, Cleo, Abby and Shauna. We learn, you know, about them as a team doing this podcast and dipping back into some of the older Doctor Who stories. Um, what did you think about that part of the series? Um, we'll go again with with Mansour. Uh, so yeah, the so the returning elements thing was interesting. I I liked it. It it was weird. It was kind of quite backward looking in that sense, but it still managed to feel quite quite fresh. Um. You know, you get all those references to previous, mainly kind of RTD era stuff uh, in the early episodes, and then you get various other returning characters throughout the rest of the series. Um, yeah, I thought it worked well. I thought it um, you a bit of a sidestep from Doctor Who, but it kind of reminded me of Miss Marvel, which is on at the moment, which has got hundreds of references to wider Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff but it does it in the right way to generally still quite feel fresh in its own thing and I feel like Redacted did the same thing very much like you know dozens and dozens of different Doctor Who references that you could pick up if you know your TV stories um, but yeah just still felt like its own own thing. Yeah, I did. I did particularly love, and it was just a tiny reference, was that they had done an episode about the Yeti, um, but they had deleted it. They'd wiped their own episode, um, and I did like that sort of syncing up then between you know the real life missing episodes and and the in universe one. Um, what did you think, Jimmy, about the 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 earlier stages of the series? It definitely got off to a great start. Um, I loved the references looking back because often you know you get sequels or whatever or old monsters returning, but seeing the whole, you know, the stories being remembered by ordinary people and just, you know, they come back and it, it, they have an effect on the world and you, you wouldn't normally think like, oh, what's Penny doing 20 years later or what's Oliver doing 10 years later? But, yeah, just seeing that they have to go back to their normal life and how it affected them was very cool. And particularly in episode three, I liked the surprise reveal about Queen Victoria being affected and that it wasn't just the presence that was being disappeared out of time and space. It was, you know, everything that the Doctor is being connected to. Yeah, um, I, 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 I did like those callbacks. I do, I do think maybe by the time we'd got, I think it was three or four episodes in, and we were still jumping back to, you know, uh, each episode was coming around when we're still jumping back to old Russell T Davies or David Tennant era stories I would I think by the time the series did move on I think I was ready for it too um but it was it was nice to see um the characters dipping into I suppose the wider worlds remember how the, how the wider world remembers Doctor Who stories I think it harks back in some ways to 
Um, almost to series five, there's that bit in Victory of the Daleks where Amy doesn't remember, um, you know, the Dalek invasion in, in series four, um, the Stolen Earth, um, and Journey's End. Um, but that's something that I really like Doctor Who doing, is having its own, um, I suppose, remembered continuity between stories and between eras, where the version of Earth isn't quite the same as the real worlds, that, you know, the characters can and do remember these major events um, that can't possibly go unnoticed and be forgotten about. So I, I, I did quite appreciate that then. Um, so moving on slightly then, what did we think? Oh yeah, go ahead, sure. Yeah, sorry, we can cut out that little bit. But um, yeah, I was also going to say it was nice having Rani back and showing that, you know, the spin-offs, you know, long ago... It has been since Sarah Jane finished, but the kids are still out there and they're still trying to save the world. And I thought that was a nice touch too. Yeah, that was really nice. It was, it was kind of, it didn't refer to it, but it was almost canonising that um, that little lockdown short story uh, as well, kind of, well, yeah, it, completely consistent with that little story about Sarah's funeral and uh, and, and all of that. Uh, I, th- I thought Rani was one of the, yeah, one of my favourite returning characters like a lot of recasts for the returning characters which um i feel like for penny and oliver it's you that their voices aren't that ingrained in your memory so it's fine you you get away with it i thought the the vastra recast was it worked for me but yeah i guess you've got a harder time there because you've got a more well-known character that you're trying to redo but uh yeah yeah i think that was always going to be a a big hurdle to cross for them because we were as you say moving away from such a well-known character and you know people will you know doctor who fans will know um you know um neve mcintosh's version um but i didn't mind uh the new one just you know i didn't mind it so much i i did have a little bit of trouble maybe just accepting it as vastra but by the time um that her episode you know the episode where she's taking the gang through um into her 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 i don't want to say lair but her her little hidey hole down in the sewers i had accepted it that that was vastra i did i i did manage to get over that for me it was strange with vastra that on the one hand, the performance didn't quite work for me. It didn't sound enough like Neve's original portrayal and it just didn't mesh very well with the rest of the cast. It seemed a bit heightened in some places. Um, but on the other hand, while the actress didn't work so well for me, the script did. It was so amazing hearing Vastra still alive in the present day and having lost Jenny and Strax, obviously, and had to move on and she can't quite move on. She can't quite fit into the modern world even as much as she fit into the Victorian world. And I think it was such an interesting portrayal. And I think there's definitely a lot of potential to bring Vastra back again in the present and see what's happening with her. Yeah, definitely. And I know what you mean, how it feels refreshing to take that character out of the environment and I suppose the aesthetic that we would know them from. Um, It would be quite cool maybe to see Vastra even throughout the 20th century. Um, you know, living through, you know, I, th- I think, isn't there a big finish? I haven't heard it, but there's a big finish where she meets Churchill in World War Two. So I do quite like that when you pull a character out of the environment where they're known and tell a little bit more of their life. Um, 
so as we moved on then sort of into the middle of the series um i think it maybe is it fair to say that it took on a little bit more of its own identity um just as the characters start to discover a bit more of the mystery and we get into episodes that don't rely so heavily on that podcast format um and we get to run into the likes of unit and then we get you know as we move later on into the series we get the gang investigating the mystery on their own rather than hearing about it second hand um what did we think of those sort of couple of episodes in the middle then that dealt with with unit because um i personally thought that it was a really different take to anything we've seen before um with regards to the organization um mansur do you want to yeah, I, I, I like to, I, I guess with like that whole middle or most of the series, actually, they're kind of bouncing from one scenario to the next. And yeah, it's the episodic structure that's maybe driving that. But, uh, but yeah, I like the take on unit. Again, it's like that outsider's perspective. Like we're, we're used to unit as being this like relatively cuddly organization um, that the doctor gets on with. And then, but for someone outside that who doesn't know, who they are they might come across as quite scary or intimidating or uh or or, you know not necessarily the the good guys so yeah i thought that was good and that's not just limited to the organization either that extends even to the characters that we know you know the likes of kate and osgood it's almost like kind of bringing a bit of torchwood into unit like making them not quite as morally straightforward yeah, yeah, and Osgood, I think, in particular, is presented as, I suppose, like a, a corrupting influence on the team. Um, she does split them up a little bit. Um, not Maybe not deliberately, um, but it it, it was, a, a, again, a refreshing take that she's not just the, um, you know, the, the fan stand-in, I suppose. She does get, you know, presented from the little guy's point of view um, with regards to unit where it's not you know there's no sense of that familiarity um jimmy what did you think i thought the unit episodes were quite interesting i liked the take on you know the especially in the interrogation episode at first just how dark it got with the interrogations of the girls and the threats like oh how is your mother going to do without you and so on and but then it twisted it really well with the reveal as soon as cleo mentioned the doctor and the guys like Oh, thank God I'm not the only one who remembers. And it's the, just the reveal that Unit was basically running scared and, you know, they've forgotten the Doctor, they've forgotten half their own backstory. They don't know what's going on, they don't know what to do, and it, yeah, throws them into a real different light. Yeah, and I wonder, you know, is it something that is maybe worth exploring more? Um, certainly if, if, you know, if Redacted does continue into a second series, I can see them you know, maybe rubbing up against you a little bit more. Um, particularly maybe given how it ends, it feels like it's setting them up more as like an investig like a like an investigation team, you know, that they're they're gonna be um this their own little band of reporters and investigators they're gonna maybe start taking an interest in more current events. Um, rather than just, you know, the records from the past, you know, the the, the sightings of the TARDIS and the Doctor. Um, that they're discussing at the start of the series. But that's just made me think, um, you know, future direction of unit. What was their last status in the TV series? Did they kind of get brought back in after Flux? Because wasn't there a point where they were pretty much shut down in the last few years? 
I think it was implied by Kate Stewart popping up and, you know, that she was helping the Doctor again. And I think they didn't explicitly confirm our units back, but I think you've got to assume that she would have, you know, now that the threat was gone and the infiltrators who tried to take it down were gone, you'd have to assume that she'd go and start work to bring it back. Oh, yeah, that's right, wasn't it? Because the whole, it was kind of retconned, the whole reason they were being shut down was that infiltration. Okay, all right, yeah, that makes sense. So the next thing that that I wanted to discuss was, we've talked about returning elements and returning characters. Um... The series, you know, Redacted has a little bit of a strange relationship um, with the wider Doctor Who universe because obviously it's very clearly a part of it. Um, you know, the 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 Blue Box Piles is investigating, you know, previous Doctor Who stories and adventures and things that have happened in the universe. But we've never met these three characters before. And uh, maybe would have been easy to fall into the trap that Class did slightly. Um, and you know, where the, the there's not much of a connection to the wider Doctor Who universe. Um, but it balances that by bringing in the likes of Kate and Osgood and Vastra. Um, I think in a lot of those cases, the cameos feel quite short-lived. Um, and that was, you know, I, I did like that because it let the series stand on its own two feet. Um, but what did you guys think about how that was handled? Uh, yeah, I thought the returning elements and the new stuff were balanced pretty well. I mean... The whole Blue Box Files team were brilliantly acted, brilliantly written. They just were so easy to like and to be interested in their stories. And all the returning characters were handled pretty well too. I mean, seeing Rani still investigating, like I said earlier, and then um, the tie-in to the blink with Larry coming back and Kate and Osgood running units, it's they, you know... They did a really good job there. And, of course, Madame Vastra, again, I didn't... The actress didn't work for me, but the story, the writing, was fantastic. And so, yeah, I thought the returning elements were handled really well. Yeah, none of them really outstayed their welcome at all because, yeah, like I was saying, they kind of bounce in for an episode or two and then bounce out. Like, some of them are very brief. I mean, I think guests... Unit and Vestra were the ones that stuck around the longest, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, as, as like I was saying before, I thought it was just the right approach of balancing something fresh with its own identity, but also bringing in all those returning elements. And like, you know, much, much as we love Big Finish, I feel like it was, it, it kind of got the balance uh it did a really good job of 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 uh of getting that balance right and it's it's quite a hard thing to do sometimes yeah for sure and i can see you know why they would want you know because of the nature of the story that they would want to cast their net you know very widely into the doctor who universe and pull as many you know events and characters in as they could just it's popped into my head The, the thing that reminds me of is uh this random book that was published during the virgin um, novels era and it wasn't part of the main missing adventures novels but it was called who killed kennedy and it was this conspiracy yes. novel like um weaving a story around the kennedy assassination but it was i think a journalist that you follow who's who's encountering all these different doctor who elements in this story and it's that that similar thing of 
laden with continuity, but doing it in a really having a character point of view that makes it really fresh. Yeah, and and I suppose weaving its own story around those yeah. events. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's it's. I I I have heard of that one before. I it's definitely something I'd love to, you know, track down someday. Just because it seems like such an unusual approach to yeah. take. Um. Um, but but one that could re- really work and really effective. So it is a it is a story I re- I would love to track down and and read someday. Um and yeah, I suppose this does occupy a similar sort of, um, style. Um. So then you know as as we move in into the later part of the series, we get the characters more directly involved in I suppose the main threat. Um. We get, um, two of them running around the Pearl Estate and you know, sort of being threatened by the ghosts. And then as we get into the last episode then in particular, we get Jodie Whittaker's audio debut as the Doctor, um, which I personally loved. Um, I was so excited to hear her, um, you know, make that, you know, because f- it's something that we're so used to, you know, us in particular as, as big Finnish fans are so used to hearing, you know, the other Doctors. And it was just as, as in that last episode as the TARDIS started to arrive um, in front of Cleo. And it was just, oh yes, here we go. Jodie Whittaker's about to get, you know... Because I know she'd been in it earlier in the series, but she was about to get a substantial part of the events. And I was I was so excited to hear that. And it really doesn't, you know, it really didn't disappoint. Um, but what did we think about then this last part of the series um, with... You know, as it as it all builds up to a climax and the world starts to become en- engulfed by the the um the 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 psychic virus, then. Uh, Monster, do you want to give us your thoughts? Uh, yeah, agreed. I thought Jodie was really good, and that's not like a small thing because there are some really talented actors who, when they suddenly start doing voice work, something's not quite right because vocal performance is a skill in itself. Um, and I thought. And again, with like Doctor Who, there's a lot of kind of visual cues with the Doctor, like, you know, how they dress, their body language. But she just sounded like and felt like the Doctor immediately uh, in that last episode. So, yeah, hoping she does loads of big finish in the, in the future. But the, the episode in general, the, weirdly, the whole plot, this, this virus and the thing, the whole mystery that have been running through the 10 episodes, that almost felt like the least interesting thing in this last episode not that it wasn't not that it was done badly or that it was uh you know an anticlimax or anything it's just that all of the personal stuff i think quite rightly felt like it took center stage and that that's the bit that i found most interesting in that last episode yeah for sure i i really did love um cleo getting you know to to um you know, reunite with her mum and, um, you know, maybe get the chance to, I don't want to say heal the old wounds that were there because they weren't maybe completely patched over, but it felt like a start, um, which was, I, re- I really did appreciate that it felt almost therapeutic. Yeah, they, they didn't um, do this, but I, th- I thought they were going to go for a bit of a gut punch at one point where... There's that kind of making amends scene, and I thought, are they going to reveal that to have been an illusion or part of the, the virus? Oh um, uh, yeah, <laughs> but no, they didn't. It was it was it was real, from what we can tell. Yeah, um, yeah, 
No, I, as I was saying, I do appreciate it. Um, it's something. It was a really. It, I think it was a really strong payoff to what had you know come before in the series, um, and it does tie very much into Redacted's. It's, is it fair to say that the series has all almost had a mission statement from the start of representation and diversity, um, in in terms of the characters and behind the scenes as well, um. Because it's not something that, well, it's not, I was going to say it's not something that we get a lot in the Doctor Who extended universe, but that's not fair to say. It's something that we've seen a lot of inroads made on over the last few years. But, you know, sometimes we hear the excuse that these things take a while. Um, we have to cast our net carefully. You know, when we're looking, you know, sometimes you, when, when you hear about people looking for writers or for you know, actors that they have, you know, they have to have a certain amount of experience. And, it, you know, the excuse is that it can take a while to, to, to do that search. But I think this has sort of blown that out of the water in that, um, you know, this has just come in and it has been made. You know, the, the talk wasn't talked beforehand. They just came in and they have made it. Um, do you think this is maybe an approach that we'd like to see more in terms of, you know, Doctor Who's extended universe, not just on audio, but in novels and, you know, comic books as well? Um, well, I definitely think the representation has been amazing and it's so good to see it happening in Doctor Who. Um, the TV series has started a bit with um, Yaz and the Doctor and that dynamic and I think this just blew that out of the water. I mean, that, that not to diminish what TV did, it was brilliant, but the representation here was just such an intrinsic part of the story and just handled so well and so realistically um and yeah i think it definitely bodes well for the future that hopefully it can uh give the tv show and give big finish the sort of uh hint to try a bit harder on those areas themselves i mean they've been good but um yeah i think this definitely is a push in the right direction that was needed um and also on the final episodes, I think the other thing that was good about them was the um, <clears throat> the uh, sorry, just a second. Um, yeah, okay. So the first several episodes did a good job of ratcheting up the tension slowly, but that last couple of episodes before the last one with the ghosts haunting Palace State and all that, it's yeah, they really picked up the pace and got things going and. It was a really nice change of pace for the end of the story to go in a bit of a different direction. Yeah, we, the yeah, and the um, just yeah, talking about the pace and the last episode and the stakes raising, it's making me think of the music that we haven't talked about. And again, that felt very different and very fresh. It wasn't aping any previous era of TV. It felt again, I keep using that phrase, like its own thing, like something quite forward-looking. And just on the representation, to, to like, I don't think it's been quite as centre stage as it has here. But to be fair to Big Finish, they did have a a, a trans companion or, or at least major character, depending on how you define companion, in Stranded. So there is that. Uh, but I, I think this is exactly the sort of time when Doctor Who, not just in the extended universe, but on TV, should be actively um, 
representing trans characters and trans experiences at a time when there's a lot of discourse that is quite transphobic in society, on social media in general. So I think now is the time to do it, rather than waiting 10, 20 years when things have moved on and it's it's just really safe and easy to do those things. Yeah, there's something else with that, that um, representation-wise, they did a good job with it in throughout this story, but one of the odd little things about it I noticed was in the unit episodes where they were interrogated, they were very... Um, and rightly so. They were all suspicious of unit and they were, you know, you know, men in black arresting us out of nowhere, no jurisdiction, all that. And it felt very real and grounded and not something that um, most characters would sort of say in the normal sort of stories that we usually get. But then they dropped the ball a tiny bit when um, in the Haunted Power State episode of Ghosts, when they're just like, oh, yes, we'll call the police and they'll help us, and the police were just instantly like, yep, we're coming straight away, and it just felt a bit like, oh, you know, they should have, you know, said stuff about, oh, can we trust them, will they help us, but it just seemed a bit odd that they were instantly like, yes, let's trust the police when they're free, you know, LGBT women. It's, you know, you wouldn't think that would happen. Yeah, that did strike me when when I was listening to it that it felt a little bit off, considering that we just you know a week or two before had the unit, um, you know, unit being repositioned as as you know um sort of authoritarian, um, unaccountable organization, um, but I think in that moment it maybe felt more like shorthand for, um, you know, calling in, uh, you know, the only support that well. I was going to say the only support that they could, you know, but that, that does, you know, what you've said is exactly right. It, it wasn't a likely means of support for them. Um, and it, it does maybe feel like something that could have been caught. Um, anything else to add? I'm just trying to think. I guess there's, uh, yeah, I mentioned the music briefly, the sound design. I, and if, if we're going to touch briefly on like other BBC radio, I think that's, for me, that's something that sets... BBC radio produced Doctor Who apart that it has I don't know it's, it's really hard to put my finger on it but there's something about the sound design that feels different from Big Finish and it's not that Big Finish are doing anything wrong there's just something unique about the production I'm, I'm thinking of things like Death Come to T- Comes to Time and other uh, you know BBC radio or webcast productions uh, and Redacted was very different from those other ones but again it had its own there was something some secret ingredient with the production that makes it feel different yeah i know what you mean by that i do know and again i sort of struggle to put my finger on on it but i suppose in a lot of ways does it maybe feel more tangible a little bit more grounded but i don't know that that's right to say because big finish obviously has amazing sound design and amazing sound work um and and never you know it's it's extraordinarily rare to come across something that doesn't sound um you know perfect i think it wasn't the case that it was hugely um unique i mean the sounds and the music were brilliant but i think it's not so much them being unique as it is the variety of having different people because big finish 
do some great work, but they also reuse a lot of the same sound designers lots of times. Yeah. And even when there's um, even when their tracks are different, you can sort of sense that sort of familiarity. And so getting completely different people with a completely different perspective doing something totally new, I mean, of course it's going to be exciting, even if it's, you know, um, even if it's not as good or better or worse, it's just the variety makes it nice regardless of what you think of it really, I think. Yeah, no, I think that I think that's very fair, yeah. Um, so do we think then that this sort of thing is going to be the future of Doctor Who on audio? Um, do we think we're going to get more from the BBC, like Redacted, or we're going to get a Series 2 of Redacted? Would we like to see any other, you know, series to sit alongside um, Redacted? Um, is it something, you know, what, what would you guys like to see from this, you know, sort of thing in future? It's, it's a big question, isn't it? Because I guess... What is it that they can do that would set them apart from, you know, all the output that Big Finish has already? What, I don't know, is it something like having the flexibility to champion new voices, maybe? Because that's kind of what Redacted feels like it's done. Like Jimmy was saying, it's kind of part of what makes it feel different is different people behind the scenes and uh, and, and new voices from the actors as well i don't know maybe maybe that's a good kind of fit with the bbc's kind of public public mission to to sort of represent different voices yeah yeah um to you know something for everyone is, is pretty much the bbc's remit so yeah that's yeah yeah no that's that's definitely something i would like to see i've loved having doctor who you know have a big prominent project on sounds um, and, you know, when I first saw Redacted being announced, I thought this is, you know, when I saw Doctor Who podcast, I was like, oh, great, it's going to be, you know, a bit like the fan show, it'll be behind the scenes. I got really excited when it was a drama podcast or when I saw that it was a drama podcast. Um, Jimmy, what would you like to see from, you know, if, if the BBC continue this sort of thing, what, what would you like to see in future? Well, it's hard to say what I'd want because... This series was completely not what I expected. It was so much better and more exciting and such a different variety of um, voices and perspectives. And, yeah, I just think not... I wouldn't want to say more of the same as in do the same thing over, but more of the same as in keep bringing in new voices, keep trying out new things and doing a different perspective. And, yeah, just giving this whole new spin on the Doctor Who universe and perhaps also being a bit of a challenge to the TV series and Big Finish to sort of say, you know, give them some competition and sort of say, you know, this is how we're doing things and maybe they'll get some inspiration from each other or so on. And, yeah, I think it's just the variety that it's created in the Doctor Who universe is only going to be a positive thing going forward. Something I think that it, it, it maybe signals for the future is because um, it's something that Star Wars does a lot now. Um, you know, when you watch The Mandalorian or Boba Fett, um, you do get these, you know, characters from cartoons and books, um, you know, and, and other spin-off media popping up um, in, in live action now. Um, and something that Doctor Who, you know, Doctor Who has never really strayed into that sort of territory. But I'm wondering, is this a way that they could now get around it? 
um, where they have, you know, the, the BBC's never re really been allowed to use the likes of characters like Bernie Summerfield or, or you know, just picking off the top of my head, Frobisher, because the the BBC's charter forbids them, I think, um, from using, you know, you know, from doing anything that the audience can't, from using anything that the audience has to buy a product, you know, to understand the story. I think it's um, not so much they can't use it as they, it has to be freely available like on the BBC before they can use it. Because like I think back in um, Eccleston's season, they had that line in Broomtown about the prisons of Justicia and that was one of the novels that they'd done. But since it was just a subtle reference, they could sort of get away with it. But like um, I think with, uh, with this audio, with uh, Redacted, the fact that it's freely available on the BBC means they can reference it on the TV show quite easily. And, I mean, I suppose that could happen with Big Finish, like some of them have been broadcast. I mean, I know they did The Eighth Doctor and Lucy. I think they've done some of the Seventh Doctor Ace and Hex stories once or twice. And so, yeah, hopefully stuff that isn't in past being used on, on the TV series can be in future and... I think it'd be good to, yeah, see that. Yeah, yeah and, and what I mean, I suppose, is could we have Cleo, Abby and Shauna actually appear on screen at some point? Um, or, or are there characters that they might develop through, you know, the audio or the podcast series that, you know, they might potentially do? Because um, I, I really hope they do more and I would love them to see them, you know, building out different spin-offs and series that could run alongside and crossover, I suppose, as well. Um, so as we mentioned, there have been other Doctor Who audio and radio projects in the past um, from the BBC or that have been broadcast on the BBC. How do we think Redacted compares specifically to those? So that's the likes of, as I said earlier on, the John Pertwee serials or the Eighth Doctor and Lucy or the likes of, um, I suppose, Death Comes to Time. How, how do we think this compares um, to those older um, productions? Um, Mansour, what do you think? I, uh, like I said, there's something I think uniquely BBC about all of them that unites them. But I guess Redacted is different from all of the others because um, I'm just sort of thinking back. They're all kind of traditional Doctor Who stories, aren't they? I mean, like Death Comes to Time is quite unusual. It's almost like a uh, a kind of series finale for the classic series. Um, uh, and a bit more of a big, sort of big budget movie on audio, but yeah, the uh, yes, I think Redacted sits apart a bit from those other ones, just because it is told. It's not told from the Doctor's point of view. It's a, a different character that just encounters them in the last episode. Yeah, it definitely feels more like a spin-off um, of you know yeah. from Doctor Who than a series of Doctor Who in and of itself. Um, Jimmy, what do you think? I think that um, it's it is definitely very different to the past stuff that the BBC audios have done because they were more sort of traditional and sort of they were pretty big finish or early big finish era, but they were very much the sort of thing big finish would have done if it was around back then. Um, whereas this is something that I mean, all respect to big finish. I love big finish and I love this, but they are both very different and they both appeal to me for different reasons and in different ways, but they're definitely there's very little similarity in them and I think that's great because 
it gives us more variety of stories and, you know, what appeals to one won't appeal to another. And so the more variety there is, the better, really. I guess when we get into the webcasts, the yeah, I think you're right about the BBC radio ones feeling a bit big finish to the point where I think the later webcasts were just outsourced to big finish, weren't they? Things like real time and... Um, uh, like Death Comes a Time, I think was a BBC production, and then yeah, re- real time was yeah, outsourced. Real time and and Shadow yeah. were the two yeah. big Finnish ones. I think um, something I have loved um, about it is you know even when when were the when was the Eighth Doctor and Lucy Miller on? Was it two thousand and six or two thousand and seven? Sometime yeah, in around just, then. just after the new series started, I think. Yeah, something I think Redacted has over that is it is very much of the current era, and we do have Jodie Whittaker popping up. We do have, um, you know, Kate and Osgood who have well, Kate has been in, you know, was in series thirteen, um, but that's something I've loved is that it has a a bit of a more, you know, more of a feeling of currency and I suppose relevance, than than those ones did because it wasn't it it feels like it can sit alongside alongside Doctor Who the TV series as it yeah. is now. And it is more of a tie-in to the show than those, you know, than the older ones were, because those all, um, apart from maybe, um, death comes to time. Um, I, th- I think this fits more as a a nice side project, or as I say, you know, a spin-off than the likes of the Eighth Doctor and Lucy stuff did. Yeah, that's true. But just as a side note, just talking about Kate, like. I guess it's quite unusual the situation with Kate and Unit that you, when you have characters that are quite active in big finish and spin-off media, it's usually after their character has pretty much been wrapped up on screen and they're kind of legacy characters. But she's yeah still popping up in Flux and she's going to be in the special and so like she's kind of active, current on screen and audio, which. Yeah, I don't know if that's ever really happened before, has it? Um, no, I don't think so. Certainly not to you know the extent that it has with Kate and with Unit. Um, I do like that 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 wall has maybe broken down, and we can have you know these characters popping up in two or three different places. Um, it doesn't feel just quite as locked down as it used to be in that regard. Um. So something I thought might be a you know a little fun thing just um as we get near the end is uh we bit of a question for you. Um if the BBC was to come to you today and hand you the keys to a recording studio and and ask you to make a Doctor Who series, what would you make? What would you do um if you had been asked um to make a series like Redacted or or something for a BBC Sounds um to go out? need a moment to think <laughs> um like something in the redacted universe or just you've got a budget to do anything and anything you like really i oh i like you know talking about how we all seem to like ronnie popping up again um i'd very much like a successor to the sarah jane adventures but one that has grown up with its audience so that it is more adult in tone and it's Rani as a journalist, um, yeah, and just following what she's up to at the moment. Yeah, that would be good. I'd, I'd enjoy that. You could have her, you know, 
in, in the way that the redacted gang bump up you know bump into um unit and don't really get along you could have Rani bumping into um you know maybe yeah. torchwood and um that that sort of thing that would be you know yeah i'd really like that jimmy is there anything you would do uh it's hard to say what i'd like to do because i i've i'm i've always loved doctor who on audio and on tv and but i i I don't really know what I'd do with it myself. I, if new ideas come along and I love them and enjoy them, but I can't really think of much on my own. The things that I would say is, like Mansur said, I think Rani would be an excellent spin-off to do. And also, like I was saying earlier, Vastor in the present day. I mean, they've got yeah. the Paternoster Gang audios with her and Strax and Jenny and that, and... They're brilliant, They're, but I, I, I hear I haven't heard them yet, so I'm a bit behind. I've only heard the first one they did on the 8th of March set, the original one. But, um, yeah, Vastra in the present day just has such a appeal to me, the, the idea of her being out of time and she's lost her loved ones and yet she's still out there trying to save the world. I think it's amazing. I would say that I'd if I did it, I'd, I'd want to bring Neve back, but... Um, Writing-wise, yeah, that's in the present. It's an interesting idea for a spin-off, yeah, I reckon. Be, that'd be great. And it could be, like, because of where the character's at and that it's modern day, it could be a little bit grimmer, kind of a bit of a noir feel, maybe. Um, and, and it also wouldn't have to be just the present day. You could do flashback stuff and, like, you know, something happens to her team in the Victorian era and... They have to deal with the result. She has to deal with the result in the present, or like they did in this. They mentioned when um, uh, was it Abby or Shauna when she'd worked with Unit. They had Vastra mention. Oh yeah, and they wiped out a colony of my people while they were sleeping. So I mean, there's the potential to do that. Bring, bring in Vastra, you know, post-Victorian but pre-present. Do something in the Unit era, or do something in World War One or World War Two, or you know, Cold War era. I mean, there's you know, so much potential in someone so long lived and seeing how they change over time. You know what's a thread that's not been ever picked up is the thing from is it Series 5 or Series 6, the, the Hungry Earth, the fact that the Silurians went to sleep and they're meant to wake up again in a thousand years. So I'm not saying age Vastra by a thousand years, but maybe she travels to the future and we get that story of and get it, and get it from the perspective of a main character who's a Silurian rather than the Doctor. Yeah, that would be something I would love to do. Is I, I, I really want them to, um, you know, Doctor Who or, you know, whether that be in the TV series, Big Finish or, or with the BBC audio, I would love them to do the story of humanity and the Silurians having to l l learn to live together because um, that feels well overdue, um, you know, as, you know, as a, as a, a story arc that's been running, I suppose, loosely from the 70s um is you know fine maybe maybe we should now finally tell that story of of humanity yeah. and the silurians because otherwise it's just um, going to be rehashing finally. the 70s stories again and again isn't it that there's misunderstanding there's conflict and then they go to sleep that weren't the earliest unit audios doing that like there was the the one where they had um nicholas courtney back and they they had something about a silurian plot in that it's so long since i've heard it but i think they were kind of going along those lines in the those very very early big finish unit audios yeah yeah 
Um, they're not ones I've heard, but I know there is a bit of a, and I know there's at least an appearance from the Silurians in them, or there's a, at least an appearance from the Silurians in that in that series. Yeah, yeah. Um, as I said, when when Redacted was announced, something that it, you know it was something I'd wanted them to do for a long time was a Doctor Who podcast, you know, serial. Um, I I really wanted whenever lockdown struck, um. I really wanted them to do a series, you know, bridging the gap between, um, you know, I think it maybe came later in lockdown. I really wanted them to do a, a, a 13th Doctor and Yaz podcast, um, that you could, you know, you would have had them, um, a story with those two bridging the gap between, uh, Revolution of the Daleks and Flux. And you could have seeded in there, I suppose, the stuff about Yaz falling in love with the Doctor. You could have set up, you know, some of the storyline for the the next series. It's it just feels like something something that keeps us going in between the gap between series, you know, with the current Doctor and the current companion. Um, you know, and I'd I'd love that to be done in a flux style sort of format where you have one story playing out over six episodes or, you know, that um something that feels maybe a bit like the big finish Torchwood Soho sets, which are, you know, deliberately aping that um half hour radio show style. Um, that would have been good this year, but I, I'm I'm pretty sure Big Finish are already planning out several box sets to to fill that gap as soon as they get. Yeah, yeah, I I I mean like more a as a, a, with regards yeah. to the TV series yeah. with the current team and keeping I suppose the story running, um, but you know between yeah, series. Yeah, because that was a gap. It was a bit of a jump. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's something whenever you know. Touch wood if Jodie Whittaker and Mandip Gill come to Big Finish. It's something I really would love to see that gap being explored. Um, because there is, you know, a, a big change, you know, but um certainly for Yaz between those two, you know, side the two sides of that gap. Something I'd love them to do at some point, either Big Finish or BBC Audio or BBC Radio, um, would be like something a little bit like Black Mirror or Inside Number Nine. Well, you don't necessarily have the doctor um involved but you can drop in on different places characters or or locations from the doctor who universe and and tell just you know one-off stories um where you know the likes of that you know you could have humans and silurians having to fend for themselves you know where the silurians have crashed on a a, a world you know centuries ago and their their ship hasn't woken them up and then the humans come and start colonizing you know, the humans come and start colonizing that planet and wake the Silurians up and the you know, the two species maybe have to survive together on a hostile world. Um or, you know, you could have stories about, you know, the Cyberman, you know, the Cybermen, their technology running wild, humans misusing it. Um there's, you know, something that can just explore the Doctor Who universe and what happens when the Doctor's not there to solve things. Um that's something I would love to see in future. Yeah, the Cyberman's an interesting, interesting one. So, is there anything else we'd like to add, or? Uh, yeah, like we were saying earlier, um, whether BBC Audio does it or Big Finish does it, definitely um, look into using some of these characters again, like um, both the main Blue Box podcast crew, Rani getting her own spin-off, or Vasper getting hers, or even take inspiration from this and bring back some characters that it didn't like you could see what's happening with the other kids from the Sarah Jane adventures now that they're growing up or you could do um something else entirely just with any random person who's 
been in any episode of Doctor Who. Like, I mean, they, they're still out there. What are they doing today? I mean, that's something the early episodes of Redacted did so well. Yep, yep. It was nice to see the likes of, I suppose, you know, Larry from Blinkback. Um, not not a character I ever expected to return, but he's been back a couple of times now. Um, and it's it's quite cool that they've got that same actor back, you know, to play him. Um, so yeah, that would be this. This I I definitely like to see that, you know, where you get um characters brought back, and where have they so, ended up? When you mentioned Inside um, Number Nine, were you thinking like a different scenario every every week? Like have that variety of like follow up on different random corners of the universe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, where yeah, where you could have that flexibility where you could drop in on, um, I'm trying to think of you know just yeah. a one-off character, um, or you could drop in with them, or but it's just to explore, I suppose some of the you you could maybe do a little bit more of an exploration of of ideas behind some of the you know Doctor Who monsters or technology, like as I say you know the, the Cyberman technology, yeah, you know and and play that out almost as a. You know, as I said, Inside Number Nine or Tales from the Unexpected or a Twilight Zone sort of way. You know, explore the implications yeah. of some of that I, stuff. I keep referring to like random books that have been out of print for decades, but there was a, I think, a Virgin short story anthology called Consequences, Decalogue Consequences. Uh, and I, th- I guess decades since I read it, but I think the premise was following up on the consequences of well-known Doctor Who stories. So, like, each short story was picking up a thread and sort of, like, revisiting, like, a well-known location and finding out what happened since the sto- the, the main Doctor Who adventure happened. Okay. Yeah, no, that sounds, that sounds pretty cool. I'd, I'd, again, <laughs> one I'd love to get my hands on and read. Um, so we'll, we'll uh, move on then to our, our regular segment, um... Tell us a little bit about what you've been listening to recently. Uh, Jimmy, do you want to go ahead? Well, I, this is showing how far behind I am with being up to date with Big Finish, but I've just recently finished the third, ninth Doctor Box set and started the fourth, um, and they've been amazing. I'm surprised I didn't get around to them sooner because Eccleston is my favourite new series Doctor, but I've been a bit lacking in motivation lately, so it's good to finally get around to it and to hear what he's been doing and the Lady Macbeth story and the Cyberman story in Metropolis and yeah it's just been such a great series and it's so good to have him back at last. I'm meaning to catch up with those I think I'm one box set behind that I think I've only heard the the first two but yeah that's my list of things to pick up next. Yep and what about you Mansoor what have you been listening to recently? Uh, well, I re-listened to Redacted yesterday <laughs> in preparation for this. Um, not a huge amount else. I listened to Wink, which was yeah one of my favourite big finished stories for a while. Uh, yeah, it's felt um, like it constantly surprises me how well the angels work on audio, but uh, it used them very well. It had a sort of unique creative setup and. Yeah, it's always fun to have doctors interacting, and Colin and David Tennant were were really good together. I thought, uh, but I don't think I've heard a huge amount else recently. No, I think that's that's the only thing last few weeks. Yeah, no worries. Um, I've been doing uh, the War Master self defense this week. 
I am three episodes into that now. I'm going to do the finale tomorrow. Um, and the, today, actually, I just started for the first time. Um, I've read the books, you know, years, a couple of years ago. Um, but I'm just starting the radio series of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, I did the first episode of that earlier on, so I'm really excited to get through that again. Um, I remembered really, really liking the books, and I, I loved... Um, the irreverence, um, you know, has has come through really well in, in the radio version. Um, I've I, I, you know, I'm familiar, of, um, with, I suppose a lot of what the first episode covers because I've started the book a couple of times and haven't got much further, just for one reason or another, um, and it, um, sort of covers you know where I've read up to, so you know, a couple of times has has covered sort of what the first episode of the radio series covers, but hearing it performed and just some of the, the ways it's performed has definitely definitely got a laugh out of me, and I'm really looking forward to getting into the other ones as well. Then that cover um, the later parts of the series, you know, the second, third, or fourth book. So yeah, really really excited to get through that. Then you gonna um, listen to the fifth and sixth series as well. Yeah, I'm gonna do them. I'm gonna do the whole lot of you know, sort of spaced out over maybe the next year or so. I don't wanna you know rush through it all in one go. So I'll I'll do it a series at a time. Um, so that's been great. Thank you very much uh, for being on. We'll be back next week with an episode about the Companion Chronicles. Um, thank you both very much for being on. Thank you, Mansour. Thank you. Thanks. And thank you, Jimmy. Thanks for having me. And thank you all at home for listening, and we'll see you next week. Cheerio. Cheerio.